Welcome to episode number 31 of the Student Manager Podcast. It's your host, Fonger News. We're here with special guest, Gina Wright from... Seton Hall University. Gina Wright, Regional Admissions California Counselor for Seton Hall University. We're going to talk pirates. Pirates, yes we are. Before we do that, we always got to take care of the business and we got to thank executive producer Murph Cargis, formerly of Sugar Ray and... Sponsor Trenta, my friends over at Trenta, fine Italian food. Gina, next time you're in town, like for one of these high school visits, you need to go to Trenta. Oh, I'm always looking for good Italian. Because you are Italian. Because I'm Italian. Exactly. From the East Coast. Yes, and I know the best. When you get a home-cooked Italian meal, you're looking for solid Italian in California. This, you're Just ask for Giorgiono and say, Fonger told me to come here and say, I was on his podcast. He will give you homemade, maybe even off the menu. Okay, I'm I'm there. So you're East Coast, you'll really know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will give you my full my full opinion when I'm done. I'm sure it'll be amazing. We're gonna talk pirates, big east. All right. And I'm not talking big east not only in basketball because it is almost March Madness and you and I had this discussion earlier. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Seton Hall is gonna be you think maybe potentially a number two seed. I'm thinking number three seed. It's only hearsay at this point, but yeah, I guess we'll see. Miles. Miles Powell, just really an amazing, amazing athlete. But really, all the guys are doing really well. I think they've really come together as a team this season. Well, Coach Willard Mm -hmm. is a good coach. And the next three games, by the time this podcast airs, we're going to know exactly how Seton Hall does in March Madness. And, you know, if it's any indication like Loyola of Chicago a few years ago, right? Do you know Tara Chris, by the way? I don't know her super well, but... Okay, she's going to be coming on this podcast. Oh, great. Loyola, after they went to the Final Four, you know how their emissions just skyrocketed. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes, so you need Seton Hall to do well, and maybe we'll get some more applications. That's right, that's right. But here we are in Southern California. Let's talk, how are we getting a Orange County student to go back to New York? You know, Michael, a lot of students um, specifically are finding Seton Hall because of our location. We're located 14 miles west of the city, and the train to New York is just a couple blocks out our back gate. So that's super convenient for the students that are wanting to intern there. Um, We give our students discounted Broadway show tickets. I mean, we're talking like $25 to go see a show. Um, We have special connections for sporting events like the Yankees uh, games and several other um, games there. So they've had the beach experience. They've grown up here and they know what that's like and they're looking for that big big city experience. Um, And then about Seton Hall specifically, because there are a lot of colleges in, in the area, we're located in a suburb and there's a small college town down the street so they're getting the best of both worlds right and you you know what i i think of this area uh, people either staying here in southern california or if they're going to branch out and go to new york some of the big ones uh you know we won't mention any competitors names but they're right around your area mm-hmm. but you're in new york i love new york student i'm a big yankee fan if, if we if we didn't even talk about that but there are so much there's so much to do in new york besides getting that student experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, being in New Jersey and just having that train right there, you can go and in, like I said, intern there. So besides the, um, you know, the fun of what there is to offer there in the city, our students are getting placed in internships. I mean, our business students three to five by the time they graduate, a lot of students have jobs before they even leave our doors. Um, so just, yeah, being number four in the nation for internships has its perks. Um, yeah. 
I talk to a lot of parents and I say, when you look at a school, look at the graduation rate, look where it's located, mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, and we mentioned this on this podcast a lot, talking about networking and then trying to find that job, right? The graduation rate at Seton Hall is currently... So our grad four-year graduation rate is at 67%, which sounds a little bit scary to some parents, um, but I would challenge them to look at the national rates across the country at several universities. And then specifically at Seton Hall, the reason why we're at 67% is because we offer so many dual degree programs. So students are on track to graduate in five or six years up front. They're not on track to graduate in the four years because they're going for that master's or that doctorate degree and saving time in the process. So um, yeah, the 67 7% doesn't really show kind of the quality and the speed at which a student is graduating. Because they have the dual degree. Because they've got that dual degree. Yeah. So and, they're planning for that when they come. And these dual degrees, let's talk about it. And I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think of nursing, law, as well as... Um, business. Yeah, so definitely law, definitely business. Um, our nursing is a BSN, but the employment rate is 99%. So definitely a very strong BSN. And that is one of those programs where a lot of our students have jobs before they leave our doors. So um, definitely a strong option. On the dual degree side, we have a three plus three law program. So students are coming um, to Seton Hall and then an undergraduate, they're going through our school of business, our school of diplomacy and international relations, or coming to our College of Arts and Sciences and they're a political science major and they come to us for three years in undergrad and then they'll head over to Seton Hall Law for their last three years and get their JD at the for end. For those that are listening, I know BSN because my daughter's looking to go to nursing. Yeah. What is BSN? Um, so Bachelors of Science in Nursing. Um, and so, yep, so you, uh, something that I always encourage students to do when they're going after that BSN is look at the pass rate on the exams. Um, look at them in-state, find them out-of-state uh, before you make your decision because because you're going to school to get a job and you can't move into your field until you pass your exam. So just something to definitely be looking for when you're choosing. And let's talk about Seton Hall. It's one of the oldest Catholic dioceses institutions out there. Mm -hmm. I think 1856, right? Yep, there you go. All right. So let's talk about where this campus is in South Orange, mm -hmm. right? You, you obviously stayed at 15 miles away uh, from the city in a little suburb. Yeah. Kind of like paint the picture. Um, I, I remember the, where the chapel is. I remember going to the game at Prudential Center. But let's kind of talk through the highlights of the campus. Yeah, so um, it's about a 20-minute walk across campus from front gate to back gate and maybe 15 minutes side to side. So, you know, for being a campus of 10,000 students total, that includes graduates, it does also have kind of that smaller campus feel. The average class size is about 21, uh, 14 to 1 student-faculty ratio. So we're very hands-on. Um, and then some students think northeast and they think kind of harsh, blunt community, we are a very warm and welcoming community. And I do um, I do believe that it's because of our Catholic roots. We really value servant leadership, and that comes from the top down. So really, the faculty, administrators, and even our students who were looking for that servant leader when we're reading those applications uh, really just creates that environment for us. You know, you touched on the religion part. Um, obviously, my daughter and a lot of people on this podcast have gone to Modern Day, yeah. uh, very Catholic religion school. How religious... Uh, that's a question. How religious is it once you step foot on campus? Is it like a continuation of going to a Catholic school like out here? 
high school? It's a little bit different in that um, there's no, and I know every school is a little bit different, but we don't require you to go to church. Um, you can if you want to. There is a beautiful chapel on campus. I believe it's voted one of the most beautiful chapels to get married on a college campus. So definitely there if a student is interested. But we like to say we're as Catholic as you want us to be. And the reason for that is we have students that come to us that aren't Christian and they come with different faith backgrounds and then we have students that come um, and men that are involved in our seminary so we have the broad range and then when it comes to classes we don't have um, a Catholicism class that you're required to take it is an option and every student is going to take a dialogue course Mm -hmm. so Christianity and culture and dialogue and that can be an interfaith dialogue course or Christianity in conversation with a topic, like Christianity in conversation with politics, and so on and so forth. Let's talk about when you walk through the campus, some of the things when I've taken my kids on campuses, we always make sure we stop by, is the library and then the student union, like the hub, wherever Mm -hmm. we're eating. Uh, Paint the picture of the library. Yeah, so the library is pretty big. I think it's I want to say three or four floors. They just remodeled the study rooms. All of them have whiteboards now. And from what I understand, they are constantly remodeling and adding things as technology advances. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our own private Italian library, which is pretty wonderful. Um, You would love that, that. Gina, right? I would love Mm -hmm. that. That's why I mentioned it. So yeah, just a lot of resources for our students. During finals week, they're open 24-7, which is really nice. And yeah, open seven days a week, open during the breaks. And the student union, is it like a hub, uh, a wide variety of food, meals, and people just hanging out? Yes. So we have our, obviously, our cafeteria is there. All of our meal plans are unlimited, so students can go in and out as they please. We have a living room area, so if a student doesn't want to go to the library and they're not eating, they can go hang out there, and it's definitely a meeting place for students to connect and study together. Um, We have a theater, we have a commuter cafe, and a couple of other restaurants as well. And I think you have three main residences, like Bolin, Xavier, and Terrence. Am I missing any? We've got a couple more. Um, There are two freshman dorms. So we have Aquinas, which was just remodeled, I believe, in 2014 or 15. And then we have Boland. Yeah. And how are... Parents always ask me, you know, how are the dorms? Is it a single? Is it a double? Are they joint? It's not like when I was in college, you just had a roommate and then, you know, you you had the other knock across the door and there's another right. roommate. You didn't share suites and stuff like it, how it is today. How How is the residence and living for a freshman? So for a freshman, the majority of the situa- the living situations are set up suite style. So okay. that's two or three to a room, typically two. Um, two roommates on either side of a shared bathroom. And that's the bathroom that they clean and maintain on their own. There is one side of one freshman dorm that is suite style. And it is, floors are by gender, so you'll be with all of the same gender. And then there's one bathroom down the hall where the showers are, and I believe the ratio is two per shower, two per toilet. So a little bit more accessible than a suite style dorm. Mm -hmm. So there are pros and cons to each setup. And when they're not studying, let's talk about the organizations, the clubs, how, what's the involvement, the percentages? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're actually a very active campus. So 50% of our students participate in club and intramural sports. Obviously, we are Division One. Um, you can go to 
a variety of sporting events on campus. And then, like you mentioned earlier, we do bus our students to the Prudential Center for our basketball games, which is really exciting. We have over 130 clubs and organizations total. So really something for everyone. And if a student doesn't see something that they like, they can start an organization, which is really nice. So we've talked about Seton Hall. You've kind of exciting me about this campus. Let's talk, parents and students now are listening, talk to them about getting in. Let's talk about what are some of the requirements? How do you look at some of these students coming in? Right. So we do a holistic review. Um, obviously, grades and test scores are always going to come into play. Outside of that, a student is going to submit an essay, a letter of recommendation from a counselor and a teacher slash or a mentor mm -hmm. if they'd prefer. Um, and then there's an optional interview process. So if a student would like to take us up on that, they can reach out to me and my information is available online and I would be the one in California to interview them. How many people actually take you up on that? It's a great question. Um, not enough. <laughs> I would say not enough. And, and just a tip for all of your listeners, if a school offers an interview and it's an option, it's really a very strong suggestion that you do so. And it could be make or break for you getting into that institution or not, especially if you're on the border of being admissible or not to that institution. Gina, you hit it right on the dot because I always talk about how do you separate yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You're looking at so many applications, so many files. Yeah. Everybody, and we'll get into this, but every if you have... 10 3.7 students all at 27 28 ACT what's going to separate them to make them look different demonstrated interest and a lot of universities talk about this if you are right on the cusp and um, there's a lot of competition you reaching out to us and putting a face to a name so that you're not a name on a piece of paper mm -hmm. with a resume makes all the difference in the world so you have rolling emissions uh, our no, um, our cutoff is March first, but it does go later than a lot of schools. Okay. So our final regular decision deadline is March first. And what's the what's the average? What's the typical Seton Hall Pirate student look like? from this uh, maybe last year's class. Yeah, so a 3.6 unweighted GPA, and we will pull the weight off, so um, just something to keep in mind. And then the average ACT and SAT both fell kind of right between two scores. So last year, we ranged from a 1230 to a 1240 cumulative mm -hmm. SAT, and then a 26 to a 27 ACT. And you're looking at essays, mm -hmm. you're looking at and I talk to parents about this all the time because they always say, well, my student has this GPA or then they'll say a 4.3 and I always say, go back to the unweighted, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what else are they doing like holistically? Why don't you touch on that? You know, something really interesting that I'd like to mention that I'm seeing more and more is students are getting internships in high school. And if you have the time now, if you're a student athlete, you know, you might be super involved. Maybe you have to work. We understand that's not a possibility for you. And that's why the resume is there. And that's why we're reading your activities list and understanding your situation as an individual. But if you're wanting to go into uh, the medical field, you want to be a nurse, um, even if you want to be a lawyer, you can get an internship over the summer and get that hands-on experience mm -hmm. and kind of figure out, is this really what I want to do? And be educated before you even get into the classroom. And I always am fascinated when I see that on a resume well you, you know what my daughter's independent counselor recommended that she, uh, she's the one that's a senior now at modern day but she did she saw an open heart surgery because mm. she wants to go wow. to nursing mm. actually i think that inspired her she that was the most it was amazing like i went with her and i said this is the, I, they need to do this more yeah because i think it could really inspire 
a student of mm-hmm. kind of like what they're wanting to do. So get yeah. an internship because you may not like it. And that's the other thing too, because what if she was in that open heart surgery and she couldn't handle it? It's this is too much. I thought I could be in this kind of procedure and 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 really handle it, but some students get squeamish and they don't know that until they're there in that environment. So. Right. And we talked about this earlier. The internships, one of the biggest, mm-hmm. right? I think most of your students that graduate from Seton Hall have a job even for, before they graduate. Yeah, definitely very common. Uh, a lot of our business students have three to five internships by the time they graduate, which is huge. They are becoming the most competitive candidate in the room. And again, we're number four in the nation for internship programs for all of those reasons. The amount of connections we have, the amount of internship students are getting, they're required to have an internship or study abroad before they leave our doors. And I believe it's 81% of our students choose the internship option and then do several of them. You before we touch more on internships, yeah. study abroad. Let's talk about that. How many programs, uh, especially people out here in Orange County, uh, that's something they always talk about, like junior year, studying yeah. abroad. Yeah, so we have different categories of study abroad. So we have tuition exchange, which is basically for you parents out there that are listening, it's it's really takes the headache away because you're just paying the way you would normally pay. Your scholarships count towards those programs, and you just continue on as if you were, your child was going to school on campus at Seton Hall. So we have nine agreements, and then 10 if you include our in-state agreement. Um, we have a program in Washington, D.C as well. So there's 10 of those. Then we have one week to one month long programs and those change a little bit every year where students can leave on a break or over the summer. So if they're in, let's say, a dual degree program and their schedule is packed um, in order for them to graduate on time, they might not be able to escape for a semester. And so those programs become a great option for them. And then if we don't have a tuition exchange agreement or, um, you know, one of those one week or one month long faculty led retreat options available in a country that a student's interested in, they're welcome to seek out another opportunity on their own. And as long as it's approved by their advisor, they can go ahead and study at a different institution abroad. Is that common? The tuition exchange? Yes. Yeah, we do see a lot of students taking advantage of those opportunities. So someone from, coming from Southern California here in Orange County, what what's the cost? What are we looking at to get into Seton Hall? Yeah, so um, total cost of attendance prior to scholarships for tuition fees, room and board this year is about $60,000. Um, if a student were to be in the top 10% of their class and score above a 1310 on their SAT or a 28 on their ACT, they would get something called public tuition rate, which is exactly what it sounds mm-hmm. like. It pulls the cost of attendance down to in-state tuition cost in New Jersey. Let's hit on that because in case my followers and listeners had like a little brain fart and not <laughs> listening, that is huge because... I talk to other admission counselors and other colleges. They talk about based off of your student's GPA or what they're doing, they might qualify for in-state tuition, although they live in California. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that if they get certain grades and they qualify, in, we'll just use either modern day, Newport Harbor or CDM in their top of their high school uh, senior class, they could potentially qualify for in-state at Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we are a private institution, so everyone usually pays the same, but we are acknowledging that these students have done incredibly well in school and and they will qualify for that in-state rate. So I'll break this down black and white for those of you that are listening, right? I mean, if you're here in Newport Beach, Orange County, and you don't want to pay $50,000, $60,000 uh, to go to college, 
right, to some of these schools that they're going to, you can go to Seton Hall and pay less. And it's like living in California. Mm -hmm. But you got the big city. You got New York. Exactly. You got the Yankees. You got my Yankees. Yes, I love the Yankees. Yes, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Although, Louis, we got Tommy John surgery by Louis Severino. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, we could, Gina, we could talk sports, too. We could. We you could. Know? Um, actually, this might be a good transition because... Not only are you familiar and you have great experience with Seton Hall, this is Gina Wright, who, again, is the regional counselor uh, for California, who's originally from the East Coast. She went to school at LMU right up the road in Los Angeles. I sure did. Yes, I did. So this might be some bonus time, Yeah. right, for those that are listening, because another Catholic school, WCC, West Coast Conference, Mm -hmm. LMU, right up the road. Sell my audience on, uh, obviously we're selling them on private institutions right now, <laughs> but what's what's kind of the difference between LMU and Seton Hall? Yeah, great question. I mean, environment is kind of the given, right? I grew up going to New York more times than I can count on my hand. I've seen more Broadway shows than I can count on my hand. I've had that big city experience um, and I wanted to be near a beach. I wanted to be in, in the California lifestyle and I feel like... LMU is that quintessential California experience on a campus. And so it really drew me. And I think when I I went in for a visit and stepped onto the campus, I just felt at home. And um, it's interesting to say when you're from all the way across the country, Mm -hmm. it just felt like I had met my people. And I think that that actually statistically is the number one reason why students choose the college that they choose is because they got there and it felt right. So... I'm going to touch on that because my other daughter goes to Washington and I ask her all the time and, and I, I just had a, we saw her for the ski week or winter break, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And I said, again, I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think you made the right decision? It was between Northeastern and UW. She goes, absolutely. She goes, they're my people. Yep. My people meaning, and the way I look at it, when I talk to students as well as parents, I go, there's a school and a fit for every individual Mm -hmm. don't get caught up on we talked about this at lunch don't get caught up on the sweatshirt brand Mm -hmm. right we don't need to be wearing the gucci we won't mention the school's names but there are so many other schools out there and you got to find the right school for you absolutely yeah and i and i will say in regards to your earlier question and similarities both schools are grounded in those catholic roots but also both schools you can find your place whether you're catholic or not and i really right. appreciate that about both communities but both campuses very warm and welcoming friendly fun upbeat i just i really felt like i fit all right so when you're walking on campus and you can you can answer for not only LMU but also uh, Seton Hall. Do you run into the same people <laughs> a lot? Because you 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 have six thousand undergrads, right? I've had a lot of guests on from SS, SCU Santa Clara University, right? These small Catholic schools, and I know their answer, but I'm going to see if it's the trend stays the same. Yeah, so at LMU, from what I remember, and the numbers may have grown, or where are we at? Are, are they at about 10,000 undergrads right now? Around, LMU-ish? yes. LMU-ish? So um, I would sometimes see students that I knew, but sometimes I wouldn't. So it's, it is, you know, it's a small to medium-sized university, I think technically in the medium category. Um, and you'd kind of occasionally see someone that you knew. Um, maybe less than what you would think based on its size. So... Um, 
Yeah, I, I would say less than what I would ex- have expected at, at LMU. Seton Hall, I wasn't a student there, so I'm not really sure. That's a great question for an alum. I'm not sure how often they're running into people they know. But like I said, the walk across campus is about 20 minutes long ways and 15 minutes across. So I would imagine you're bumping into people that that you know. But you're coming from California, so maybe that'll be nice for you. That is true. Question. Did you think... Did you think LMU was too small? Or, and, you know, I'm going to say that because then at, at Seton Hall, you're not a student there. You can always make a big university small with the community. Yeah. But can you make your community either at the school you represent right now, 6,000 undergrads, or like LMU, how do you make that a, a environment where you feel like there's a lot to do? Yeah, so there was there were always activities going on around campus at LMU, and I was part of a sorority, and so um, you know we had the sorority wars going on on campus early on, um, and that was really fun. And obviously, getting plugged into an organization is a great way to mm-hmm. always have something to do, to have kind of a built-in friend group, and we have that student life at Seton Hall as well. Um, and, and interestingly enough, very similar on the topic of Greek, like very similar situation. So there's not official houses um, on either campus, but the you know, the men and women do tend to live together in smaller living situations and there's just more places to go and visit and to hang out. So do they call them live-ins? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're called, but um but yeah, I, I really liked the setup because like you said, there's always something different to do with more houses. There's more opportunities to hang out at different places and right. um I really liked that. What's the percentage of Greek life at Seton Hall? At Seton Hall, we're at 20%. So 22 Greek organizations total. That includes social, service, um, and academic, and 20% of the student population total. And do they rush in the fall or do they rush in the spring? They rush in the spring. So we value academics very highly at the university and they have to have a certain GPA in order to rush, which is why they wait to the spring. That's very important for those that are out there listening because sometimes students and parents, they want to at least get accustomed, meet Mm -hmm. some GDIs, goddamn individuals, right? Before you actually take that step into rushing a fraternity or sorority as compared to um, like at UW, they rush before school even starts. Mm -hmm. Now, again, the right student, the right fit, it all works Mm -hmm. because I've had students on here that have rushed in the fall as well as rush in the spring. And at the end of the day, it all works out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Question, when you're at LMU, what sorority were you? I was Alpha Phi. Alpha Phi. Okay. And for those that are listening, the moms out there and the daughters at LMU, how is Alpha Phi at LMU? I loved it. It was a great experience. Um, I, I really just kind of found my fit once again. Just a great group of girls, very classy. Um, I just, yeah, it was, they were classy, but they were fun. So we, and very competitive. We always really, um, at Lip Sync, we had won a couple times while I was there, which is a Lip Sync competition that the sororities Mm -hmm. compete in. Um, And always super competitive in football. The Powerpuff football games, right? Yep, yep, yep. Powerpuff football, super competitive there. And even just I can see Gina, I can see you being an alpha (laughs) fee. Just killing it. A fee. That's right, that's right. All right, so you have been in this position for about a year and a half, mm-hmm. right? You're going on your second recruiting class here in Southern California. What do you see? 
What do I see in regards to students? Maybe involvement, engagement with parents. Uh, kind of what do you what do you see out here in terms of any recommendations that would you would give students as well as parents? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, we mentioned this earlier, but to really stand out reach out to your counselor. I mean, I am the assistant director of admissions for the Southwest and I am here in, you know, Southern California and I can come and meet up with you at a coffee shop and your parents. And if you are, and we're only taking applications, like I said, till the first, but for students that are interested, I'm not the only one that does this. There are so many of us that are located out here and putting yourself out there in that way is not something you should be afraid of. We want to talk to you and it helps us to make a decision because we've seen you face to face. You know, I want to maybe summarize this because what you do and Obviously, there's a lot of you in the RACC, right? And there's so many universities out here, and mm-hmm. and these parents and students need to know. I mean, the goal of the Student Manager Podcast is to educate high school students and parents on the college search and admission process. Yeah. This is no different than being a student athlete, mm-hmm. correct? Where you are exposing yourself, getting to know what institutions are out there, reaching out, and then for you all getting to know them because it's a whole, it's a recruiting process. Mm-hmm. And and I I tell not only my kids, but friends that have kids, I said, you know what? There are California recruiters. This is just the same as a athletic college process. Mm-hmm. It's a process. It's a journey. There are some students that reached out to me junior year last year um, that have wanted to just maintain contact with me. Mm-hmm. And I know that those students and lo and behold, they've already committed to coming to Seton Hall. But, you know, when you're showing that kind of demonstrated interest, I, I mean, those students, I'll never forget them. I mean, I, I remember one of them, you know, I have a student, for example, in a different state that I travel to. And when I went there, I reached out to them and said, Hey, how's it going? You know, um, do you need help? You know, breaking down your financial aid package or do you have any questions the student had already been admitted so at that point i can then be a recess resource for them all the way through the process and we wear our counseling hats first and i don't think students realize that that we are here to help them find their fit and to counsel them all the way through until they walk onto campus and even then we might see them on campus when we're back from an open house and check in with them at that point and you're absolutely right about that because i'm i'm talking to parents and they say well when should we start the process and this sounds crazy, but my eighth grade son went to see our counselor because she says, eighth grade, you go see him once a, one time. And he goes, she better not tell me what to do, what to do. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because then your freshman year, you start thinking about it, your sophomore year, and then you got to go visit all these schools. Mm-hmm. But sophomore and junior year is like the time, right, when you should, students out there listening, go to all those college fairs, go to when Gina's at your high school, right? And listen, get as much information as you can. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, absolutely. And all of those touch points really help us to identify who a student is. So, And, and it's not changing. This is, like I tell also students as well as parents, it's the networking. Mm-hmm. It's who you know. Because not only is this, this is the first stage because when they graduate from college, 
right? And we talked about that. You already just talked about the internships, what you can do in New York and all the jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of these colleges, I mean, you're getting that practice now, visiting all these college fairs and building those relationships with your admissions counselor. And that skill is going to serve you as you're going out on the hunt for internships. And then, like you said, later for jobs as well. And, you know, at Seton Hall, we have twice a year, um, we have businesses come in and they run mock interviews with students and students will have to be ready for that day and having all this practice up until that point will, will help them when they're connecting with these recruiters that are on campus trying to right. hire them. What advice do you give students, also parents, what not to do during the, uh, should I say, application process? What, what are some stay away from? Well, um, don't write the name of an institution that you're thinking about in your Common App essay. <laughs> It's a definite not to do, and it happens more often than you would think, where a student forgets that that essay is going everywhere, and you're like, oh, well, hmm. um, I guess they want to go to USC. Okay, interesting. <laughs> um, so that's kind of a funny one that we see, but I think um, not to do, not to be shy. Again, we touched on that. A lot of students are afraid to even reach out and ask questions, and um, and don't I, be shy, students. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I'm trying to think of what else is a kind of a not to do. Those are two big ones. Okay. Um, what about for parents? Because we have a lot of helicopter parents out here. In yeah. Don't take Orange over County. the process for your son or daughter. They really need the practice interacting with their counselor and being the one to take the lead in this process. We all understand that when it comes to the financial piece of things, a lot of times parents want to be involved in that stage, and that's mm -hmm. kind of a given. But let your son and daughter take the lead in, in the rest of the process because, like we said earlier, it's going to help them build those super valuable skills for life. And it also helps us to see, wow, they've got really great leadership skills. They're really wonderful at taking initiative. I could really see them thriving independently across the country on their own. I mean, I think you hit that right on the point of, of letting them really take control because it's their, it's their journey. Mm-hmm. Right, not their parents' journey. Yeah, I, I tell parents that all the time. I go, let your student decide and pick where they want to go. I yeah. go, you ain't, you ain't going to school. I know, and you want your student to to thrive on the campus that they choose, and and you don't want them to transfer home and then to mm -hmm. extend their undergraduate process because now they've got to retake classes, and it just becomes they, such a mess. Um, let them really, if you can allow them to choose that best fit. You know, you absolutely hit that on the point because I do have guests on here that have transferred. And my whole goal is, you know, if you educate them, right? And I tell my kids, you're only picking one school. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's, there's sometimes when you got to transfer, maybe someone's sick in the family or whatever, you come yeah. back. But for the most part, it's like, don't screw up on this choice. Yeah, pick right? right. Do the your first due time. diligence. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about that. The transferring into Seton Hall. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Because I know some students that actually graduated modern day Catholic, went to a school, transferred home. They're in community college right now. IVC, by the way, and OCC. We have Orange Coast College admissions director coming on pretty soon. Oh, great. Yeah. So I, I I'm all for community colleges, but it's a great transition into 
like Seton Hall, mm -hmm. right? So you kind of gave me some numbers. How easy is it to transfer? Yeah, so let me break that down for okay. you. So we do have a, a transfer counselor that handles all these things. So if after the podcast you're out there and you're curious, you're welcome to um, email me and I can get you connected to to her. She's wonderful. But just a couple of statistics. So um, we take up to 90 college credits. Most four-year institutions take 60. So just to that's put that huge. into perspective, that's about three years. That's I was going to say that's extra 30 units, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Credits? that's huge. That's about a year. Okay. So um, really big there. And then if a student receives a C or higher in their class, then we will most likely take it. Um, and then or we will take it as long as, you know, we've vetted yes. the actual institution it's coming from. And then we have a transfer center um, where the student will be able to meet with for academic advising even prior to uh, depositing. So they can get that, that good advising to learn kind of the timeline and course selection. And then once students deposit, the same office will help them enroll and register for their courses. So they're kind of tracking with the same people, which is really nice. And then they'll be assigned a peer advisor once they get to campus to help them transition, which is kind of their first friend on campus. And okay. all of our freshmen get that. And so we offer that to our transfers as well. And then the last kind of perk is that if the student receives their AS or their AA and then apply for a major within the College of Arts and Sciences, then they'll get a waiver for their core. So the core within arts and sciences will be waived. All right. I always like to do this because you said you go back to Seton Hall like five times, six times a year. Yeah, five to seven. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to pretend like you're a student, Gina. Okay. All right. You're hungry. Like where, when you go to Seton Hall, if I'm a parent or a student, like where, where should we go? Where, where's like the top place that comes to mind? Where, where are you going to eat? On campus or around campus? It could be on. It, it depends. Does it does it make that ranking? I mean, when there's amazing Italian food in the neighborhood, that's where I'd be. Um, okay, so, so name one. Gosh, Italian restaurants. Um, I'm blanking. So there is one in Montclair that I'm thinking of, and they had literally the best scallops. And this is an Italian oh. restaurant. Best scallops I've had back east, and I grew up there. I will find that out and get back to you on what the name of that restaurant Do that. is. Let's go on campus. On campus, you can just go to the main cafeteria. I mean, they have every food option you could imagine. It's a pretty big cafeteria, and they will accommodate food allergies, food preferences, so gluten-free, vegan, dairy allergy, um, obviously lactose intolerant. Um, so lots of options there. We do have a pizza place and a sub shop on campus. Mm -hmm. um, we have a commuter cafe. We have a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, hey, everybody loves a Dunkin' Donuts back east. They do. Dunkin' Donuts is, I would say, the Starbucks of the East Coast. What about like late night munchies or uh, like where students may like go hang out after a night of, of entertainment? Yeah. So I believe Dunkin' Donuts is open pretty late. Okay. And then also our regular cafeteria, I think, is open till maybe 11 p.m. And then I'm not sure about the other commuter restaurants. I'd have to find that out. And for those of people that are over 21, like what's like one of the top bars out there? I actually am not educated in that area. So, but again, I can find that out for you if you want to do a follow-up. We, we we might have to have Gina back on just talking <laughs> about Seton Hall and, and, you know, especially if it depends on how deep of a run they make in, in, in the uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah. Are we going to be final four, Michael? What do you think? If I was a betting man, I'm going to say no. Oh no. Why? Because it, it, I'm telling you right now, and I'm actually having a special podcast for March Madness. Okay. Remember if you don't know about this one, but I already have it on my board I've, I've, after the brackets get dropped. But 
depending on how they match up right now, I think the two strongest teams out there is Kansas and Gonzaga. Okay. And I think they're going to meet up. Now, Seton Hall, definitely a Sweet 16 team. All right. So, I mean. Hoping for that. Yeah. I'm black. I'll tell you how, how I see it. That Besides Miles, they have a guy named, uh, I think it's Mamu. Mm-hmm. He's the, the Georgian. I can't even say his full name. Mamu College. Mamu. Is that, it's, yes. Did it's, I say uh, that right? Mamu College. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see how. I don't expect you to get this. Murph. Mm-hmm. I always do this. President of Seton Hall. Who's, Nyer. Dang. Yep. I love Gina Wright. Yep. Uh-oh. Does that mean you're going to give Jordan a little heads up on what I do? Oh, I'll keep it out. Mom's the <laughs> word. <laughs> She'll know, though, because she is. Oh, that's right. She went to She's UT. an alum. She, yeah, she knows all See, the we're things. already pumping up Jordan, who's yes. the regional admissions college counselor for the Vols in Knoxville, who will be on this show in a month or so, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, such a good friend. Yeah, if I wanted big football, South, great academics, um, what is it, uh, tailgating on a yacht? Sailgating <laughs> is Sail-gating. what we call it. <laughs> yes, I would absolutely consider Tennessee, 100%. So Gina, I ask that question a lot, like who's the president of your university? Uh-huh. Because for students, right, if the student doesn't know who their university president is, like that's almost like the company you're working for. Mm-hmm. Or... You know what? We talked a lot about uh, the graduation rate and the dual program. And I think now you know this number, but the alumni network, right? Because obviously this is how you're going to get a job and meeting people. Seton Hall, small Catholic institution, been around forever. What's the alumni network? So um, we obviously have tons of connections in the Northeast. We do have some alumni as well all over the United States and even in California. Um, for example, one of our alum from the sports management program is currently the um, director of senior director of soccer operations for the LA Galaxy. Um, and then, ironically, his brother is a midfielder for the Galaxy, and he's also a Seton Hall alum. So we always do our admitted student event over there for our LA and Orange County students. So. And the total number? nationwide it's 80,000 you're very good Gina thank you (laughs) so and I think you're almost coming up to that time where in in April you do have the the admitted events which Mm -hmm. are huge you know regardless Seton Hall acceptance or not when students get accepted to the college highly recommend going to the whatever admitted event it is oh yeah and why okay so especially out of state i mean you want to get a feel for if you can't travel back east it's a great way to get a feel for um the other students in your area who's excited about seton hall um where they're coming from the amount of students that are headed out there and then also it's a great way to meet additional alumni because we often for our events have alumni coming to these events and a good amount show up um and then also you know they're usually hosted by someone who's an alumni who's doing well for example la galaxy dick vitale that's right dick vitale you know he's a uh lump from seton hall i did not know that dickie v he's 80 years old you gotta tell your husband that one craig biggio bill rafferty Mm -hmm. so all right so speaking of those alumni events crazy and i'm kind of getting on a soapbox so my daughter's at u-dub yep the missions counselor do you know joseph franco I don't. You probably know me. Okay, Joseph Franco is the one at University of Washington. He reached out to me and he said, Michael, we're having our admitted uh, class of 20 um, in April or May. Mm-hmm. He goes, as a parent of my daughter, he goes, can you go speak on their behalf? I'm like, sure, why not? 
So, because I remember me going to the mid of day mm-hmm. and having parents yep. talk. I'm like, who is that person? Yeah. But they're excited. They're passionate. I mean, I love UW. Oh, yeah. And having parents there, that's a great point. We have- Do you uh, have parents at yours? We do. We have parents of current students that yes. show up. So they're able to speak, hey, this is how my child's doing currently. And then the parents love that connection because they want to know if they're sending their child all the way across the country that they're going to be okay. Right. And so to have that, hey, what's your child's experience been like? They'll share that. I think he wants events. me to sell- parents on going to UW because I'm a uh, current parent. And he's like, you would be great. I'm like, all right, sure. Right. I think you might be the perfect person for that. <laughs> well, that's why I'm doing these podcasts to obviously help educate, again, students and parents on the whole college search and admission process. We have Gina Wright, who's been our guest. She's been awesome. Selling Seton Hall is their last 20, 30 seconds. If someone just fast forwarded all the way to the end of the podcast, why Seton Hall? Proximity to New York City number four in the nation for internships based on accessibility and the amount of connections and what those connections are. Um, the employment rate is 93% for the entire university within six months of graduation, 97% acceptance rate to grad school, number one business leadership program in the country, that opportunity is now available across the university for students in every major, lots of dual degree programs, direct entry nursing, our own medical school, uh, amazing law school, just so many opportunities at your fingertips. And I don't think we touched on this, but a school of diplomacy that has great connections with the UN and their own study abroad program in Washington, DC. Dang, Murph, can we like put that all on a clip? Because that would be like a great one, right? I mean, that's selling Seton Hall. We got to go. You know, you, you're funny. I, I got connections in the modern day. You said modern day was uh, you had like six or seven applicants back in the day or, you know, this year, mm-hmm. this year. We're going to get that number up because you know what? I'm kind of like now. Can I go back to school? Yeah. I mean, you want to apply to Seton Hall? <laughs> Do you have your PhD? You should come. <laughs> Depends who reads my file. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try to sneak into the grad department and see what I can do. I want to thank our executive producer, Murph Cargis, for the awesome job at the soundboards, making this happen. The Student Manager Podcast, Gina Wright. Uh, I think we're going to be keeping in touch and, you know, periodically have you on and talk about Seton Hall. I would love that. It's been great. So with that said, Fonger News, out. <laughs>